What's up, everyone? This is your host, Daniel. And Javi, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective. In this podcast, we uplift indigenous and Latino insights on a variety of topics that highlight the intersectionality of both cultures. Expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine chilling with your two best friends, talking smack, and throwing a little shade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Brown Sound Podcast, Season 5, Episode 1. We have, you know, we're starting off with a bang today. How's how's it going, Cheekex? What's what's going on? Hey, such a big bang. I am so excited to be back for Season uh, 5 and Episode mm-hmm. 1. So this is our kickoff. This is a big deal. And um, Cheekex, I am feeling the love. I don't know about you, but yeah. lately we've been receiving so much attention, uh, really good feedback from folks, a lot of new followers followers, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not only that, we have a couple partnerships and, you know, things we're not willing to share yet. Um, they're yeah. coming, but That's I'm excited things. for all of that this season. Um, we're working on some big things and we're hoping that we, uh, you know, just get better and, and better so we can amplify all those indigenous and Latino voices uh, and touch on those conversations that need to be had. It's it's really important. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, I know. normally in between our seasons, we usually like to take a little break, but I feel like we've just been on role with like you know constant like content putting out so it's kind of nice to just you know, not, I guess we'll take no breaks here. Just keep right. going. <laughs> keep right. on going. It's it's like we have all this energy and it would be a shame to just like take some time yeah. off and and not give that energy to the season. So I'm, I'm all about it. Um, Cheekex, today is, um, well, before we jump into stuff, we have a special guest. So we will say that um, mm-hmm. and we'll announce uh, this person here soon. But I want to touch on uh, that this past weekend we got to reunite and that was a big deal. Yeah. I haven't seen you since Phoenix. Um, yeah. And like it, early May, early May. And it was good to just get together. Um, so I went up to Moscow to visit some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And mm-hmm. it was really nice. So shout out to Lithia Boteo, who's been on the show and Dan- Daniel Urutia, who hasn't been on the show. But, um, you know, he's he's a good friend, someone I really care about. And then our good friend, Junior Resendiz, who was also on the podcast mm-hmm. um, not too long <laughs> ago. Um, actually, was it season one? I think he was in season one or two. Yeah, And uh, he, he shared, uh, you know, he shared uh, on mental health. So he's a therapist and he he lives in Portland but it was just really nice to see them spend some time um we went and did an escape room that was like outer space themed and that was fun mm. usually I only do that with my non-brown friends but it was nice <laughs> to do it with. <laughs> I feel like that's a very non-brown friend thing to do uh and, with, yeah. and no hate because I love it but I don't usually do it with my brown friends and so mm. escape rooms are fun if you can go do it if somebody makes them <laughs> do a Latino or uh indigenous like with good taste uh, inspired like <laughs> escape room that would be fun i would love to do that uh and so anyways uh had a good time chick and then i came down to see you and we did a thing we cooked ceviche we yeah. did some pollo asado we made some rice and beans and we had the gang together it was a good time yeah, it was i you know i feel low-key like i'm still trying to recover from that night you know <laughs> definitely you know uh indulged in some adult beverages so but you know responsible you know like no, responsible of course responsible. yes oh, always but- Always. But yeah, no, it was good. It was good to hang out and good to have Mateo and Jayante at the house. You know, Jayante, yeah. shout out to Jayante. She just graduated with her master's degree from, you know, UW. So big deal. And she's only like 22 or 21, maybe. Or she's really young. So she just like finished up her master's degree and all that stuff. So shout out to Jayante. It was, shout uh, out to Jayante. Fun time for sure. <laughs> good time for sure. Um, And so I, I, I want to say really quick, thank you to your mom. She gifted me with a nice pen. Oh, yeah. uh, towel and it was just you know I, I love the love I love to share the love and I just want to say to your mom thank you for thinking of me it just means the world to me um no matter what the gift is just the fact that someone thinks about you that means a lot to me so I want to mm-hmm. say thanks um anyways Chikex, any more thoughts before we give a brown sound welcome to our special guest today um I did want to just say you know for all the people out there we did kind of we have something coming up that's probably going to be pretty fun with the brown 
around. So it might be like a bonus episode or something. We have some fun uh, ideas on like a happy hour with the brown sound or, you oh, know, something kind of fun. So we, we were kind of messing around with that idea when we were uh, hanging out here in, in Lapway. But other than that, you know, just coming off the 4th of July, um, again, the 4th is not a huge holiday that's celebrated on the res. Like right. people like to light fireworks and like blow shit up, but they don't. We're not like, oh, freedom or America. You know, that's not like a thing here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so definitely 4th of July was pretty crazy i mean the fireworks on the res is like a war zone like it's just i mean it's literally like a war zone just they're going off everywhere there's a few that tipped over and i like had to run because it almost like hit us in the way so people in the res are crazy when it comes to fireworks and i would say i'm not on the res but i do live in caldwell and i want to give a huge shout out to my neighbors for popping fireworks up until four in the morning man thanks for letting (laughs) me sleep that was amazing i love that about fourth of july no but for free <laughs> the one thing I do want to say, and let's make this very clear, touching on what you just said, Daniel, the 4th of July is the U.S.'s birthday, and it is a time to reminisce on the freedoms that we do have currently. But it's also a time to think about and consider that not all folks had freedoms for that amount of time, mm-hmm. um, and that still today, some of us don't have freedoms. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of ways that people can think of what freedom is. Um, and so I'm definitely thankful for the freedom we have, but... Also yeah. consider that not all folks have freedoms and that freedom comes in many ways. Um, and we have a lot of, we still have a lot of way to go, right? And yeah, so sure. anyways. I know um, before too, before we do introduce, I did want to say, you know, shout out to all of our native veterans out there. We have so many native veterans from my community and it's not like a disrespectful thing for me to be like, you know, like make jokes about America or anything. But I know my grandpa was a World War II veteran. So like, I understand the importance of like how he seen the flag and stuff. And yep. he even shared once with me when like he fought for a country that never fought for him which is kind of like made me put things into perspective you know kind of like yeah. well that's that's a big you know pretty heavy heavy phrase there but it just kind of makes you think like at the time of the declaration of independence you know we were merciless savages or whatever and we weren't even considered citizens in the u.s so it's just it's just a weird thing but definitely you know i do have a lot of respect for our native veterans out there just because we have a lot in my own community and my family so yeah. i want to make you know not out there hating on, hating on the veterans i want people yeah. to come after me over that yeah. But, but yeah anyways yeah, no, I absolutely agree, and I'm there with you. Um, and so let's shift gears a little bit. So today we have a very talented guest. I'm so excited to introduce them uh, to you all. Um, and so without further ado, can we give a big brown sound welcome? Yes, you in your car. Yes, you in your house. Yes, you in your office. Um, for oh, actually, let's do the drum roll. Do you want to do it? Yeah, Ready? <laughs> so our brown sound special guest today is none other than Malia. Gemini, who is a drag queen, activist, producer, and queer community leader here in the Boise area. Malia, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> As I like shout it out. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yes, it is I. Uh, no, I want to share a little bit um, really quick before you introduce yourself and give a little bit more. We actually worked together before on a project for one of the uh, for one of my past roles that I used to be in. So we did a drag bingo event. Uh, uh, with Loteria and it was such a blast we had such a good time um and I have nothing but good things to say about you basically is what I'm getting at <laughs> oh thank you no yes you I do remember it was oh was it two years ago it was yeah about yeah two years right yeah about two years um no yeah that was a really fun event I always I always say yes to and sorry if I'm giving away but like college gigs so yeah like anytime there's a college gig, I was like yes wait it's gonna, I know it's gonna be inside yep. there's not gonna be it's not there's not gonna be no heat <laughs> yep. usually ac is provided so yes we'll to the <laughs> and also we had a very you know special guest on was it our last season or the season before someone you might know we had your mom on the podcast <laughs> i know i don't was i was nervous too because i told her i was like hey they reached out and they wanted to they wanted to interview me and then i got nervous and i was like oh but everyone freaking loves my mom that was such a fun episode. That was like a really fun, yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, yeah, she was really good about
about just, I don't know, she has this talent or this quality about in her voice, she can express emotion so well. So she had me in my feels like the whole episode <laughs> and oh. she teased Daniel, which was amazing. Uh, yeah. We just kept cracking up at Daniel's expense and it was just a good time. Like she just, she needs a podcast and I would listen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know. I had gone, so to prepare myself for this one, I had gone back and like, I was like, okay, I'll pinpoint and like anybody who I know who's done the, who's been interviewed by you guys, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll listen to these ones. And when she, when I was listening to hers, uh, she every time she'd interject, she'd explain something in Spanish. She'd be like, yeah. and Daniel, this is what this means. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, I'm inclusive, not like <laughs> yeah, no, she was a hoot. So I, if she's listening, Marisela, we miss you. Come back to the Brown yeah. Sound anytime you want. We, and then she did say she made food and would have friends over. So I'm waiting oh, for an yeah. invite whenever she she makes something good. Let's let's. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Malia, can you give us a little bit on your life story? Uh, a little bit on your journey. Like, what has led you to become a talented drag queen slash activist slash producer slash queer community leader slash influence you know all the slashes because you have many roles but what what led you to to being you oh gosh i would say uh the inability to pay attention in class and to skip school no i'm just kidding no i'm kidding no um i never planned to be a drag queen ever or even as a hobby or nothing and um it's it's funny looking back and now that you ask that question I'm like going through my mind. I'm just like, how did I end up here? Why, did I end up here? Why yeah. would I choose to put my my skin and my face through all this turmoil of makeup and scrubbing and <laughs> the heat from the wigs and the corsets and the fajas and the heels? And now I'm just like, why? You know what? I quit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. um, let's see. I have to go. Oh, shh shoot i don't know <laughs> i think <laughs> I answered, like nowadays i do it basically simple representation queer representation queer brown representation that's what i can say that's what well, that's what keeps me going right now. yeah okay but i think um but yeah to the the other part of it was to getting into it was a lot of just uh being a queer person and growing up especially in a, in a latin household uh growing up we're not necessarily we're not necessarily not that my this is not my mom's when i say growing up in a mexican household um especially when you're when you're mexican it's not just like your mom and dad it's like your tias and your tios and your older cousins yep. and all this and your grandparents so it was a big old village and i think um collectively sadly the the mind frame is very uh very uh, machismo and women do yeah. this these are the roles that you follow the men these are your roles that you follow and so for drag that took everything that i knew growing up everything mm -hmm. that you know society has also fed me cultural wise family wise it just crumbled it up and threw it away and it was like i could start over and be like oh this is what i can do this is how i can play with my gender expression my gender identity how i see myself and yeah. um, ultimately it's just an art form it's a really fun artistic way to provide entertainment to people um a lot of drag artists use it to also get like things that that you normally don't you know talk about um just basically just using it as a vessel for anything you can basically nowadays you can do anything with drag so do would you say you find it empowering oh 100 yeah 100 yeah and two for some of our listeners i know we have a broad range of idaho listeners and we all know how idaho is um could you maybe just share a little bit about like what is a drag queen or what is drag you know for some of our listeners after that probably aren't familiar with it or you know who live under we're learning a yeah, yeah we're learning about it yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I feel like nowadays when someone mentions the word drag, because it's kind of we've kind of been a hot topic for most of the year this year, um, and in you know in in political political circles and things like that, um, you know it's our turn to to wear the scapegoat vest. I get it. No, yeah. <laughs> and I don't get it, and I don't put up with it. Yeah. No, but, uh, <laughs> but with uh, so if run of the mill people think of drag, you may think of like RuPaul who is one of the most famous, you know, drag queens in the world. Um, you may think of, basically it's, you may think of just someone and a tacky guy and some heels, some crazy ass makeup, huge wig, and just being very, 
what's the word <laughs> um just being very loud but nowadays drag is oh man it's people teach classes now about drag in universities and stuff like that especially with especially with uh with gender studies and stuff like that but yeah uh so for for, for the list for the listeners in idaho uh drag is a lot of things and drag can be in many forms mm-hmm. um basically drag is and, and i have to be very careful because i feel like every month every year we come up with something new where we're just like okay we can't use the the old language that we're using for this or that how to describe it yeah. um, drag is very inclusive and so it used to be or what m- the majority of people used to think of is drag is basically someone of, of a certain sex role-playing or dressing up as the opposite sex but nowadays there's there's plenty there's tons of uh, drag where it's uh, cisgendered women so AFAB, so the acronym AFAB, uh, assigned female at birth is what we call them. So AFAB queens are, are women who do drag and do the makeup and everything, the, the wigs, the extravagant jewelry, the clothes, costuming, just as much as the regular old, regular drag queen, you know, male counterpart or whichever. Yeah. And so, and then mm-hmm. vice versa, there's also drag kings where sometimes someone who's more, and not all the time, but for my, for an example for myself, I'm more feminine in my male counterpart. I could even become a drag king where I, where I, I focus more on the fe- the masculine features that I may never actually touch, even in my day-to-day life or what I usually try and hide. Do drag, feminine drag. And so drag is basically just an art form. Um, you're playing dress up. Um, at the end of the day, it's not serious. It's fun and entertaining. And yeah, and I, sorry, this could be like, this could be like a three-parter episode. There's so, <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many micro communities within drag and stuff that I could get into. And I, and I hope that I do everyone justice by trying to show light on every single aspect and facet of what drag is Um, but there's not really one way to describe it other than it's an art form and it seems like like many things that it's evolving it's constantly evolving there's constant Mm -hmm. like reflection on what does this mean um and how do we like move this this forward um so i i I guess i i relate to all the things you're saying because it's like yeah sometimes uh being members of any community it's like there's there's some good some bad and there's some reflection periods about like how can we make Make sure that this community includes everybody who wants to be a part of it. So that makes sense yeah. um, to me. Um, so I wanted to ask you because you're on a topic of because um, we're discussing to like the different micro communities of drag. Do you have like a drag aesthetic or is there like a community you relate more to? Oh, let's see. I guess. And it's funny because I, I don't necessarily uh identify or, or or i don't put myself in a certain little niche of drag mm-hmm. um but everyone in the community or other people will say oh well no malia you're you're this type of queen and and you know what i'm just like okay i'll take her whichever but mm-hmm. i guess i would be categorized as more of a i guess female impersonator where i my makeup is very it's, it's much more softer than like a, a comedic queen who is doing uh, exaggerated eyebrows and maybe more of a, a campy shtick kind of look um where it's meant to be comedic meant to get the laughter and i guess my drag would be see and now, and now i feel like i sound like an asshole because i'm like i feel like I'm more glamorous i feel like i'm greedy so, like, and, so and so with my drag I, I i definitely would say that my makeup is more softer but trust and believe i have like 20 pounds of makeup on and it takes me you know good a good while to get the way i look to tuck everything in to suck up all the fat within your faja like to pin down, you know, the hair, everything. <laughs> so it's a lot of it's a lot of work, but I would say that I, I I would say most people classify my drag as more of like a more of a like a femme a femme queen. So ultra femme, I I ultra femme everything up. Um, more more glamorous, I guess. So and I guess I would say that. <laughs> I guess just as a follow up, can what are like top five types of aesthetics that people would see? Okay, so I would say the most. The most well-known um, drag aesthetics or, or drag types would be, you have your camp queens, which I mentioned, and those are queens who, uh, more often than not, they may not necessarily do lip syncs, or if they do, their performance is all about about laughter and getting getting the audience to laugh. So they may do a lot of stand-up, stand-up comedy um, within their act, or they'll, mostly a lot of them are hosts, and because they can get the audience going and laughing and keep the show rolling along. So, um, so you have your comedy queens, your campy queens, um, you have 
have your uh your, your glam queens where all they care about is the look not necessarily and, and i don't want to say and, and, and like i said it's not it's not every queen but these are just these are just just raw staple like if you google this shit this is what you're going to see sorry for this. <laughs> but it's going to be like your campy queens your glamorous queens where a lot of time they focus on the look the makeup the hair make sure it's laid right your baby hairs are gelled to perfection the heels are on point uh, makeup everything looks you know aesthetically pleasing um then you have your your artistic queens and these are the ones with the avant-garde uh makeup looks the uh the fashion that you may not necessarily get but you're going to be watching it because it's just something to see yeah. um, those so those are your artistic queens so um we have so we have your campy we have your glam queens we have your artistic queens um let's see oh we also have like your impersonators so some a lot of times very popular in the vegas strip uh you'll have queens who impersonate certain celebrities like britney spears janet oh. jackson um selena selena quintanilla you we have like anybody anybody who's anybody a queen has probably tried to impersonate them and that's that's their stick where all their performances are going to be that music catalog of that artist so oh, i see yeah. okay. so those are just a few a few of the many different types of drag that there is yeah thanks for sharing yeah I, i'm learning a lot thank you for sharing that i know uh for me i'm just you know i'm learning a lot and i appreciate you for for sharing that um for some of our listeners out there you know like you said we talk about representation all the time on this podcast and you know and how important representation is for for all of our people and for our communities so what does uh drag mean to you for me um it's it's a great that's a great question <laughs> no um i i want to say um uh, realistically over the years i think it changes for me in the beginning i can definitely say that uh drag was a really fun hobby a really fun art form to like you know get into and as i i don't want to say as i got serious with it because let's be honest in the state of idaho <laughs> there's there's like there's very very few I can probably count on my hand of queens who that's their sole job is just doing drag and performing and things like that. Um, so we're not, Idaho doesn't have, Boise is not the big metropolitan areas like, you know, LA or Seattle or New York, things like that. But um, so I don't want to say like when I got serious with drag, as I realized that it was so much more than just, uh, than just, just, just a hobby, just like a little art form, whatever. It wasn't myself that like, oh, I'm having an epiphany and like, this is, you know, this is something more or whatever. It's actually the community and environment that you're in. Because when you're in drag and like you go to your first, your, your let's say your first pride show or the first time that you're walking to the venue in public and you're in drag and you're in your, you're in your getup and you have to like, you know, walk either from the parking garage or your car to point A, whichever point B, you notice little things like younger kids or not even just kids, but other people and they see you and it's, and it's funny because you can pinpoint how someone's like, you know, either looking or gawking at you mm-hmm. to someone who's actually seeing you, seeing you. And there's like something that goes off inside of them that you notice that like, oh my God. And there's like a connection and it's like uh, countless times when I'm like walking to the parking garage or whichever, someone will stop me, um, whether it be, you know, an older person or, or whichever. And they'll say, oh my God, I wish at my age I had discovered drag because I would totally be doing what you're doing or I, I'm not a drag queen but I'm from the community and I just appreciate that like here at the gas station in Chevron in Caldwell there's a drag queen pumping gas going to her gig <laughs> and I know that like we're not just like hillbilly rednecks you know out here yeah. in like in the small in the small towns and stuff like that and so um, so like to me to go to go back to that question like the to drag to me means uh ah damn i'm sorry i wish i could say a better word than anything but or everything but drag to me is everything and i guess i could try and simplify it but again i'll tie it back what i said earlier was representation and i it's basically a platform for me nowadays it's a platform that i use um to represent queer someone who's pride someone who's pride prideful living in idaho in a red state someone who is proud that they are also brown um, coming from um, from a from a Latin background, coming from yeah. you know like a family where we're one of the we're the first generations to be living here, you know, and going through all the commu- the uh, sorry, I'm all trying to like use all these big words, but basically it's just it's everything. <laughs> Yeah. For me, drag is everything. It just sounds like you have so much passion for it. And, you know, that drag has done a lot for for you in terms of like how you see yourself and your identity. So I wanted to ask, beyond yourself, do you have a role model that, you know, you think of this is this is who I look up to. This is where I get like my confidence, my strength, my passion and anyone that sticks out like that for you? 
uh, I don't have just one role model that I consider my role model. If anything, um, through all my years of like self research into the queer community, um, when I was when I was a young kid, young teenager, um, and I immersed myself into all all whether it be like history books or documentaries, anything that I could get my little hands on, uh, I feel like everything in my drags today stems from a little piece of something that I've learned from all of them. Whether that be activism from Harry Milk, um, Martha P. Johnson, and Sylvia Reyes, or to like early politicians in the early 2000s that you know would, would run for office even actors people who came out like Ellen DeGeneres uh Laverne Cox uh like all these all these people I kind of take something from each of them and I feel like that's basically what inspires Maliha and then and not just from the queer community I would say that some of the other things that make up who Maliha is and who inspire me and stuff would be the strong feminine women in my family so my great-grandmother and my mom and some of my theas here and there, like growing up, uh, watching them as they take certain certain adversities that they you know that they face in their life, um, challenges that they go through, which is the same thing as adversities. Anyways, um, <laughs> just just seeing them be their full right power, see seeing them in their power in their right as women, as Latina women. Like I take little things like little things from each and every single one of them, and that like, and then you get like you know you get Maliha, and those those are the people who I would say are like my role models and stuff. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. And then, you know, I did want to ask too, um, do you have a drag family? I do. So I'm not a I'm not a drag mom or anything, and I don't have a drag mom, but um uh, in, in the in the drag community we have uh we do have drag houses and so typically it'll be it'll be a queen who, you know, goes through life, does the thing, learns the craft, and then usually usually uh, those queens oversee, you know, the up and coming young queer people, um, the young gays and whichever. And if one of them sparks interest in wanting to do drag, then they'll be like, oh, okay, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'll kind of show you the ins and outs of the, you know, the tricks of the trade, makeup skills, things like that. Um, I didn't have that <laughs> because in Idaho, we didn't have, and then not that this was not that it not, and this isn't a reason because of, because it was mainly Caucasian queens. <laughs> but like, when I think of family, there's also like this, and, and anybody can be family, anybody can be family, but, and it, it could be just like a lack thing in me that like uh i know for a fact that like i i just see more i just see more family values and brown people <laughs> i just um for me there wasn't a lot of uh there wasn't a lot of older queens that i was close to so what i did was i had my two best friends um my best friend will and my best friend uh david and we grew up together we met in eighth grade and uh we actually started drag at the same time uh, i think it was like summer of 2000 and either nine or ten i can't remember but summer of 2009 or 10, we started playing, playing in drag and stuff, but we kind of just became our own little drag family. Um, where our, we call each other Mr. Sisters because we're, we're, we're brothers, we're, we're sisters in drag, we're, so basically, yeah, I do have a drag family and, um, we're all, we never like, we don't really do the whole, um, matriarch thingy of like, oh, that's the drag mother, she's the head of the house. We kind of all just, uh, evenly are just like, okay, Somos hermanas, and we help each other level the playing field, you know? So, yeah. So I do have two cool. close friends who are my drag family. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's, I'm learning a lot. So maybe one day you will be a drag mother for somebody that's up and coming and wants to do drag. Maybe, yeah. but I have a good recollection that those tubes are tight. So I don't know. Got it. I, got I, it. I, <laughs> I think it is important though, because it stems from a lot of times queer people, especially like you know in the in the seventies and eighties, even early nineties. A lot of queer people, and I say queer, I know that a lot of the older generation don't necessarily like the word queer because it was used as a negative um, word for them. Um, me personally, it's an umbrella term. So for me, queer includes the gays, the lesbians, the trans people, non-binary people, all of us. So it's very easy for me to use queer and that's how I identify as. But back then, a lot of people would be like, you know, kicked out of their homes for, for, for coming out. And so a lot of people had to find and build those families themselves within the queer community. And yeah. so with like, so I think it is important that like you know drag queens they may have like all these you know these drag children or, or kids I, I would i don't, I don't want to say drag uh children because like a lot, i know a lot of queens who do have children per se but they don't do drag but they are mm. queer members of the community and stuff and it's just kind of like a just a whether it be paternal or maternal figure um in their life that like a lot of times they don't have you know mom or dad back home or they lost them and so i think it's important that, that the elder generations that we do pass 
on like history and things like that to uh, to the younger queer generations because I don't know it's important you don't want history to repeat itself. Right. So I was going to ask a question, shifting gears a little bit in thought. Um, there's a lot of reasons for there's a lot of things you've shared for why you have passion for being um, Malia Gemini. Right. You're an mm-hmm. activist. You're a drag queen. You're a queer community leader. All of that emotes and we can feel it. So do you have any thoughts currently on like the legislation that is targeted at the drag community anything that like you want to say about that yeah um let's see where do i start (laughs) um i think it's very like the majority of the citizens of this country are not stupid maybe i should take that back because there's a lot of stupid people no but like we're not dumb we know we we know a scapegoat when we see one um they do this They've done this all of our lives, um, focusing something on a marginalized group, whether it be the Black community. Everything that's going wrong right now is stemming from because of that, whether it be the feminist movement. Everything that's going down with, like, you know, the core family values is because of feminism. Uh, and it just so happens to be, oh, okay, now it's the the queen. Well, it was the gays in the early 2000s, and then now it's like, okay, let's let's filter it down to the queen. So you're, you're basically... The queens are just the scapegoat for for whatever you know is really happening behind the scenes. And my thoughts are at the beginning of the year when we started seeing um, all these uh, these drafts of these bills happening, uh, I started getting nervous. And and as someone and kind of going back to uh, my mom, she had she ran last uh, last fall, and so helping her with her campaign, I'm gonna admit that I was I was a very lukewarm. <laughs> I was a lukewarm. Uh, how do I say like political savvy person? Like you know, I knew. Gen- general stuff but then when you're when you're in the thick of it and you're like you know going out to get going out to campaign and door knock and do all this stuff you research of like okay why am i going out in this heat to go do this why am i what why am i doing this and then you research all this stuff and i'm like oh because x y and z if you get elected for x for you know this position or that position this is the stuff that you're going to be voting on this is stuff that you're going to be deciding for your community for your um you know for your from your constituents and this is what you're going to represent and then i'm just like oh god my my light bulb just went off and I'm like, and I considered myself, you know, to be a pretty, a pretty well-educated, you know, at least, you know, um, what's going on in the world. And I had no fucking idea, like, after that. And so, um, so with that, at the beginning of the year, I was very nervous and very, I was angry. I was afraid. I was kind of beside myself because we were being painted with drag queens all across the country. We were being painted as this like evil thing um and i really in like in other interviews that i've had really really hate describing it this but like and this also and it's not just drag queens i think over the years especially like in latin families and and it could be in other family in other but just in my experience as a latin family as a latin person with a latin family (laughs) um my experience is that like when someone comes out as gay or someone who is queer you get branded like oh you're like the weirdo you're the then i hate to use the word that they use because it makes my blood boil but like the p word which is pedophile or a groomer the g word and and i and I'm, to me, I'm just like, I'm, and I knew that was going to happen when they started saying all these things, especially when they started targeting drag queens for drag story hour and things like things of that nature. And I was like, oh, I know how this is going to go. I know exactly how they're going to paint it, how they're going to. And it's completely like far from the truth. Because uh, if anything, personally, I don't like kids. I don't know any other queen who wants little kids at their show. Um, because when you, because as queens, like we, you know, we are level headed adults most of us and we like we tweak our shows and we we culture them to the specific audience of where we're gonna go like for example if i'm gonna be performing at like if i'm doing a story hour i am gonna be dressed in the most um gumdrop some bubble gum pink like fairy tale you know proper fantasy i'm gonna mary poppins that bitch up you know if i'm gonna be with like kids or in the public or whichever and like you alter yourself and i just feel like the i feel like the alt-right conservatives totally just painted us as like they, they took one picture they probably and a lot of, and it's funny because like a lot of them and, and see now now i i play devil's advocate with myself and like and i have to think like i have to ask myself to to, a lot of these people the way they're acting the way they're treating us do they even know what a real drag queen looks like and they don't nine times out of ten they've never seen what a drag queen looks like and so what they're what they're seeing and what they're what they're ingesting is just whatever whatever um propaganda that they're being fed and so if anything so anyway sorry again i'm going oh my god i can go off a whole bunch of (laughs) shots anyway sorry 
going back to the question. It's like too simple. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're good. No, you're fine. So one of the things, uh, one of the things that that I always think about when new legislation is made that targets people is that is that it doesn't seem to me that the people who make the laws really understand uh, the community that they're targeting mm-hmm. with. And I want to think. I want to think. Um, if I'm thinking specifically, I want to think of not too long ago, Florida released that new that new law targeting immigrants, where mm-hmm. if you travel into the state of Florida uh, with someone who's undocumented, it is a federal crime or not a federal crime. It's a state crime. Um, and you could get a $5,000 fine and I think time in jail. And wow. there's even things about how if you're undocumented and if you're in that state and you come to a hospital, you need to uh, share your citizenship status, uh, what your documented status is with them. Um, and then if a job or if your company that employs you has more than 10 employees, they have to use this electronic verify, e-verify system to prove that you are documented and can work in the state. So what that law does is instill fear, one, um, not only in the community it's targeting, but it sends a message to other non-affected folks that this is a dangerous community that you need to watch out for. And that's so problematic because these are people that are just trying to work. These are people that are just trying to be and live a life and, you know, not bug anybody. And all that is so infuriating to me as someone who is adjacent to that community because I have family members that, you know, came to the U.S. as immigrants um, and, you know, whatever the story is. But it seems to me targeting a specific population, folks don't understand the community, don't understand that it's folks that just have passion, have found community um, and can express themselves in a way, uh, you know, to make people laugh, to make people uh, just have a good time uh, and be in community with like-minded folks. Um, that's that's everything. And so it, it I, I understand what you're saying. I understand like what you mean um, because it it's a lot and it sucks that, uh, you know, that that has to happen. It sucks that people need to have hate in their heart um, and out of fear or, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is um, that they choose to make laws that affect and impact people in this way. It sucks. No, yeah, completely. Um, and again, so sorry for like, because I'm like, OK, I want to hit this point. At this point, but they need to know about this, and they need to know about this, and so I'm trying to like get all my thoughts in order. I'm like, oh my god, now is not the time. Knock it off. <laughs> but, but no, it completely, and it, I think that's why now that we're in the month of June, I feel I feel a little bit more at ease with everything, at least political wise, because that Tennessee drag ban got overturned at the beginning of the month no, of June, good. and so. Oh, we're in July. I keep thinking that we're in June. Um, <laughs> that we, because I too do not follow Fourth of July. <laughs> Anyways, but um, they uh, no, they uh, the Tennessee uh, in Tennessee they overturned it, so that was squashed. And I think the rest of the country, especially like the deep states, were looking at that to see if that was gonna how that was gonna play out. And then I think they were gonna move forward with all their other conservative bills and legislation. But because that was struck down, that was a big win for for all of us. And so. Mm-hmm. I feel more at ease. Um, it's still, I still feel a little, like I said, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm at ease, but I'm not going to lie after all this stuff that happened earlier in this year with the legislation, it's, I, and keep in mind, I always still have this always looking over my shoulder when I'm in drag, especially in public, even if I'm in a safe space, because, you know, history has showed us that those of us who congregate in specific spaces are still not safe, sadly. Um, but I feel like even now more so, I'm... And it's kind of sad to say that I don't greet any, any, anytime I'm walking by somebody or I'm just traveling to and from where I need to go and I'm in drag in my getup. And it's sad to say that I'm admitting it and then it's kind of crazy, but I don't greet anybody with a smile anymore. I'm very on the, on the, the defense. I'm very like, yeah. kind of like yeah. fight or flight, ready to go. Like, like, okay, I just spent hours on like this makeup look, this wig, <laughs> but I'm about to rip it off if someone wants to fucking go. Like, yeah. I'm, it's very that right now. And so like I said, I'm, I'm glad that like stuff is getting overturned, but for, for the drag portion of it, but, um, but with all of that stuff and, and it kind of sucks because, and different, different, um, marginalized groups have gone through it with Muslims after 9-11, uh, yeah. with, with Asian with Asian people because of COVID, yes. there's going to be th- that nasty taste in people's mouths that, you know, the people who are, the people who are, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, the people who, uh, who don't know any better, we're just going to have that, that nasty taste in their mouth of like, oh, that's one of them drag queens or whichever. And it's mm-hmm. like, God damn. So, but it's nothing new. I have to remember that 
a lot of us, all of us from all these marginalized communities, it's nothing new. And sadly, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic about it, but um, to be positive about it is that it's nothing new and we are always going to, you know, we're going to keep keep on keeping on we're gonna persevere through it all and it's gonna be fine but yeah. no yeah it, it kind of sucks though that like in my day-to-day life even when i'm not in drag if i'm just in my regular you know uh my regular civilian clothes, my civvies, <laughs> I <laughs> still feel like even how I dress, whether it be like, because I wear like shirts that like have positive um, queer, you know, representation, like whether it be like my shirts usually say queer or something about like protecting trans youth or whether it's Black Lives Matter or everything and anything that this country thinks is <laughs> horrible. Uh, a lot of my, I like to, I like to dress in a way that people know where I stand and I will continue to do that even though I do have to be a little more alert and assertive of the spaces that I go into because I would rather still have to still have to feel that way as long as there is representation of not everyone thinks the way the majority or the way a lot of the people, you know, conservatives think or whichever. And I'd rather be representation of, hey, no matter where you are, whether you are in Blackfoot, Idaho, or Payette, Idaho, wherever, Boise, Moscow, all sorts of people live everywhere and we all matter we all belong we all deserve the right to respect and yeah we're gonna have differences but i think the ultimate thing is dignity and respect treating each other with that and yeah. so but they, yeah that's how i feel political wise now yeah. with the with the drag and the political crosshairs i was just gonna say too like with all the you know all the noise out there and all the people who you know just ignorant people and haters you know what what motivates you to keep performing um what motivates me to keep performing is just not letting them win <laughs> not letting um certain ideals take root and flower and spread mm -hmm. so like the biggest thing for me is just uh i keep going and i keep doing it uh for a lot of like uh, a lot of the younger queer brown kids that i see and not necessarily brown kids just any young queer person um and nowadays i get uh messages on my socials from parents who they may have gone to one of my shows or they may know me adjacently because of my mom and they say hi like you know we know so and so i just wanted to like to ask to ask you if you know of any um youth centers or, or youth youth communities because my, my my child just came out as as gay or as lesbian or we're kind of thinking that they may be trans and so i uh, i keep going because we get uh, and not just myself, but I know a whole bunch of other um, performers in the community, not even just performers, but just queer people in general. We always get some sort of message, um, whether it be in person when you're at Target, you're getting your groceries or you're at Costco, you're pumping gas or, you know, just through a Facebook message or something. Someone always reaches out and says, hey, I have a family member who's this. I don't know. Uh. I don't have any resources for them. Do you happen to know anything? And it's and it's very it, for, to me. It's very humbling. It's it, and it reminds me of why I do what I do and why I don't let uh, fear mongering win. Because um, it was tough yeah. when things were going on. People started, especially when my mom started running. A lot of the propaganda they were using pictures of me in drag and kind of using me, saying that I was trans. And and I don't I don't identify as trans. I'm not a trans woman or anything. But they were using my drag because they don't know they don't know the difference between drag and trans and you know all yeah. that stuff. That's another thing. But they were using that to attack my mom and to attack her campaign and um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I was getting a lot of like <laughs> messages on on my social media. That's why I had to make my Instagram private, my Facebook private. I used to have my my government name Miguel on my Facebook, but I had to switch to Malia because people were people were, were trying to find me on there. And so and I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna privatize everything. And uh, and I admit I did kind of took a step back in performing wise. I still produce a lot of the shows in the community. However, uh, I want to say it's been a good almost two months since I performed last. And wow. so, like I say, I still keep busy with like producing shows and doing this, but um, I've kind of kept, because me uh, mental wise, I had to like take a break for myself and kind of like get myself together um, yeah. and kind of figure out, and all in all, the importance of like my drag and like why I do it is is not for me anymore. It's, it's literally for like, just so that there's representation mm -hmm. and stuff, especially in the state of Idaho. And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah. No. Oh, I, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. It sounds exhausting. And, it, you know, definitely the mental health aspect, though, is, yeah, you need to take mm -hmm. time for yourself before you go out there and start fighting the fight again, because it's like it never ends. <laughs> so, for real, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to ask, uh, you know, we've touched a little bit, uh, well, a lot on just the drag um, culture. So you are not just a drag queen. You have many identities. There's a lot of intersectionality between you know who you are. And so I wanted to ask the question, we at the Brown Sound uh, 
love to uplift and spotlight the different brown identities. So how might your experience in the drag community be different because of being a brown person? I would say that uh, my experience could be different from a lot of like my non-brown counterparts uh, would be that, <clears throat> oh man, <laughs> I would say that together we may we may face adversities that are across the board of adversities that queer people go through. But it's crazy that uh, at, the, at the end of the day, let's say myself and another counterpart, we're both queer. However, at the end of the day, not only am I going to be discriminated against for being queer, but I have all these other things that they're going to also see and target. And that's the color of my skin. Um, that's going to be the one thing. Uh, what is the, I don't even know what the word for it is. Uh, but like that, you know. I'm a big girl. I'm a chubby girl. I'm not going to be like your little skinny, skinny little thing. So I'm already, I already got like, so we got fat girl, we got brown girl, we got gay, <laughs> we got, we got a whole bunch that like, that I have to kind of navigate. And there's, cause there's certain things, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I get into, but like, you know, people in public, they treat you a little differently. If you're on the thicker side, they treat you a little differently when they see that, Ooh, they got a limp wrist. They treat you a little differently because you're brown or whichever. And so I kind of always, that's always mentally, even, even when you don't really realize it because i it took me a long time and sadly to say that like after the 2020 events of like you know the black life the black lives matter movement like the big explosion of it in 2020 a lot of it i had to kind of like revisit a lot of my stuff and be like oh my god there were so many microaggressions that i went through that i didn't realize i just talked it up to like oh they're just being funny i'm just their token mexican friend or like whichever in the beginning i was one of the first i mean there has been uh latin performers you know throughout the years in Boise. But after I won a certain competition, I was kind of put in the for the the forefront of it and was oh, had amazing opportunities to perform and always get booked. However, I was like the only brown queen for like the longest time. And um, and I could see that I was still treated a little bit different, even though I had some accolades to me and stuff and I had all this experience, I was still treated a little bit differently. And, and it's funny because I had to go through a lot of stuff. Of, and as Latinos, we don't necessarily bring stuff up because you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to cause any kind of like awkwardness or whatever um i would just notice that things were things were different uh i would get treated different and not all of it was like not of a not all of it was big things or or whichever but um it was definitely a difference and so like there's also certain things from my from my other counterparts who are not brown within my community that like you think now that because i'm i'm 32 i'm 33 i just turned 33 and so <laughs> in my 33 year in my 33 year of life on this rock i still get clocked i clock myself where there's certain things that like especially growing up hispanic in idaho that you think you let go or you you don't think that it affects you as much um but it'll sneak up on you and like there's just like little things and and it happens you're just like oh my god i still hold that close or i still i still use I still like for any, what's an example that I could say um sometimes if I were to like see other uh other Latinos other Mexican Latinos in public if I'm in drag or at a drag function there's like a small little ounce of uh of shamefulness where it's like oh my god I'm being disrespectful being in drag in front of like this older couple these this older you know senora or senor and it's like and it's crazy that, like I don't know who the hell they are. They don't know who yeah. I am. I'm not related. But why do I feel like I need, there's a certain amount of respect that it, it's respect, but sometimes it's, it's like this weird shamefulness that I feel that I, out of respect, I should not be showcasing my, even though I'm not dressed up in any bad, but just the fact yeah. that I'm in a wig and makeup in public, I feel like I'm disrespecting them. And yeah. so it's like certain things that like, and then who knows, maybe my other counterparts do go through stuff like that. But for me as a brown person, there's like certain things like that. That's an example that yeah. I feel like they may not have. Like it's, there's like- it's it's, it's almost like your like Latino culture uh, seeps into, and then there's no way you know what I mean into like your drag experience, and you're yeah. you're taking those things in because I, I get what you're saying. Like we're taught to respect our older folks, and you're not doing anything wrong, but we know that this is new to them. <laughs> they you know they may not be there yet with, and yes. it's maybe like a shock, shock factor. Uh, no, I can get that. Um, I I want to thank you so much for being vulnerable with us because I know we mm -hmm. asked a lot of questions. Um, it's you know we we're asking you questions and it may feel to you that you have to answer for all drag entertainers and that's <laughs> you know that's not what this is at all so we i 
I thank you. Um, Daniel does too. So at the Brownstone, we thank you so much for for getting a little bit vulnerable with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Daniel and I have this goal that we're gonna get. We're gonna cry it out in one of these episodes. We're not <laughs> sure. We're not sure when, but it's part of that vulnerability piece, right? We're mm-hmm. removing the guarded levels that we're taught to build up from our surroundings, and we're trying to just take up space and say it's okay to be who we are, mm-hmm. and it's okay to share our experiences, and it's okay that I have a different perspective. And sorry, Thea, uh, but you know this this is me here taking up the space. I get it. Um, do you have any up, up, upcoming performances, and where can we see you? How can we support you? How can our listeners who want to um, come to a drag show? How, where can they go to, and and how? Well, if you're looking for a good time, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> one of the main um, places that you can see some of the shows that I produce um, right now, I am producing currently a show called Facets. And it's a, it happens three weeks every month. So three Fridays out of the month. Um, and it's a 10 p.m. It's a very fast-paced show. So if you're looking to go out, not necessarily want to stay for a whole drag show, because sometimes it can be an hour, um, but you just want to pop in for a quick, like, oh, let's just see what's going on at the Balcony Club. Um, I have facets. It goes on at 10 p.m. Very quick show. We usually have anywhere from three to four performers. Wraps up within, like, 20 to 5 to 30 minutes. Um, I have that at the Balcony Club. Uh, and you can check out their Instagram and stuff for when they promote that um i do have my uh my all latinx cast i call it a variety show because we have drag kings and burlesque as well um and drag queens and it's uh tropicana so tropicana nights and right now we are on a hiatus where we were going strong for two years and that was and that was a show that was every friday and so we we're like okay I think it's time for a break. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> need a breather. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no. And then I also have uh, this, my other show that I produce and that happens about every other month. Um, it's called Ethereal Girls. So kind of like Material Girl, but it's <laughs> Ethereal Girls. And um, that one focuses on m- music that's more melancholy. So thinking of like your Grimes, your um, Melanie Martinez, uh, your Florence and the Machine. So not, basically anything that's not top 40 <laughs> is okay. Serial Girls. And that's also a variety show. So you get your burlesque, your drag, your drag king. Um, so I get, so I have that. Um, but yeah. And then I do also have my annual um, Dia de los Muertos show, which I totally invite oh. you both to go. Like you guys have free tickets. Si quieres, Ooh, you would love. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> no, for reals, do come. It's a really big show that we have. And and uh, this year, it is going to be November 4th at the Balcony Club. Okay. And so um, if you want, hit me up and just be like, hey, remember when you said I can go? <laughs> <laughs> we'll pop in on that freebie. Um, but that's really cool because I have a whole cast of all uh, okay. Latinx individuals in the community. Uh, and then just recently, I brought back my, uh, I call it Cumbia Nights. And it's uh, it's a tribute show to Selena. And oh, I had I that. that in 2021 and then oh i saw people post about that i saw videos and stuff like that okay and then i didn't do it last year but i brought it back this year and we sold out and everything and it's where i try and get like a tejano dj for the whole night so everyone just lives their tex-mex fantasy we all just (laughs) dance in the club and um but no yeah so that's where you can find me with all my shows yeah you do a lot it sounds like a lot yeah i'm hoping um you know god willing that I am going to try and focus on bringing a lot of my queer culture, a lot of the queer culture from Ada County to Caldwell because I live in Caldwell. And so there's nothing like that here for us. And so, and I kind of feel like, not, not like a fraud or anything, but, I, I feel guilty. There's guilty that I promote and do shows over there and I and I harness and create a community over there when I live over here and there's not yeah. that much representation here. And um and I wanna and I wanna bring that here so that way people in Caldwell know that, you know, in the small small farming communities who there I know there's gay kids out there. I know there's gay kids mm-hmm. in Parma and Fruitland or wherever, pay it and I want them to know that like they don't have to travel all the way to Boise, they can come to Caldwell to see a good, you know, a good show that represents a whole bunch of different people and you don't have to be queer it just i just want to provide another avenue of something something worldly that they can sink you know their fangs into and yeah. uh you know get get a little taste of something that's not the norm so yeah absolutely hopefully and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely had to hit one up. I know um, my tribe, so they just had their third annual uh, Pride event on our reservation last week or the week before. And um, there was a drag performance by one of the tribal members who's from our area. But I I, didn't, I missed it because I was interviewing someone. I was like all over the place on that Wednesday. But I definitely, I was like, I wanted to watch because I've never, you know, I've never been to one before. So I was like, oh, I'm interested to see how, you know, it looks always entertaining 
entertaining and fun. So yeah, but yeah, definitely got to hit one up. It'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to try and go back because I got my drag roots in Moscow. That's where I started drag when I was at the U of I. Oh and yeah, so Vandal. I'm trying to like work with the with the with the queens there to bring like my Tropicana girls like for a weekend or something just to do like a show there. And so that's in the works, hopefully too. So yeah. that'll be fun. Love it. So again, thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom and information you you you've dropped on us um and i i think this is going to be great for our listeners to learn about um a community that people don't know a lot about and with all the legislative um attacks that are coming at, at the drag community it's important more than ever that people understand and know like what the real purpose is and what mm-hmm. it means to people um and not all the bad stereotypes that are being highlighted so thank you again uh daniel and i are going to shift gears and hopefully you'll indulge us in participating in two segments that we have um, to wrap up the episode. Daniel, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so we always do a language lesson for every episode. And uh, with that being said, and since it is summertime, I'll teach our listeners and everyone how to say summer in Nimiputimt, which is an Esperus language. So how to say summer is just tayam. Oh, and (laughs) we we all practice. Yeah, we all practice saying it. (laughs) Okay, tayam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I heard it as time. Is it time? Time. 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 <laughs> I full disclaimer. I always uh, struggle because my one things we talk about is some words are hard to say if your tongue isn't used. To that. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I, I struggle sometimes, but I'm, I'm gonna keep practicing, Daniel. I, I promise that. So, <laughs> yeah. in Spanish, to say summer, we would say verano. So, verano. estamos en el verano. Yeah, verano. There we go. All right, y'all. Time. For for our fan favorite, the Shades of Brown Shady question round. Um, so everybody put on your shady goggles because we about to go down a, a shady path. Uh, no, so the Shades, Shades of Brown Shady uh, questions came about as a way to just have fun. Sometimes we have some deep episodes where the topic and the conversation get a little bit heavy. Usually we try to incorporate heavy uh, humor into everything, but you know we can't always do that um, if it's not if it's not natural. But so we during our sh- Shades of Brown Shady question round, we asked three questions we ask all of our guests to answer um you can skip one but if you are brave you can answer all three and it's a fun way to poke fun at you know ourselves and our friends and our community so three questions are we all ready for that are we yes. all good again okay first question is to keep it in theme uh with malia being here today we asked the question um if you and your friends were drag performers and you are which one of you would get the worst tips that's question one um <laughs> What songs uh, would we pick for each other to perform to if we were going to do a performance? And three, what is one thing someone can tell you that would set you off? Like, you see red, you're not in control anymore because they said this thing. What would mm-hmm. it be? All right. So usually we have our guests go first. Uh, so would you mind going first? Yes. Okay. Repeat the questions again. Sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Question one. If you and your friends were drag performers and you are, which one would get the worst tips? Okay. So I'm going to use my, my drag sisters. So yeah. Araya and Karma. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, man. I would say maybe my drag sister Araya. Because she usually has a little too much to drink before her performances. So it's usually going to be a sloppy mess. So... <laughs> If anyone, they'll give her a dollar to, to just, you know, move it along. No way. So I'll say, I'll say Oh, I can't believe you dropped a name. I'm all nervous for that one. Uh, what songs would we pick for each other to perform? So if you had to pick a song for me and Daniel and yourself to perform, which songs and why? Oh, okay. So each one, pick a Yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, let's see. I would say one of my songs would be a tried and true. Uh, lately I've been doing a lot of Florence and the Machine, so I would I would oh. do Dog Days because that's a fun. One. Oh yeah. Got, it's got good build up. So, yeah. So Dog Days, Florence and the Machine. Um, let's see. For Javier, I would do. I feel like maybe you'd be a Lady Gaga fan. Is that oh. correct or no? I yeah, I like. Okay. Yeah, I love a good Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh. We could do Americana. We could okay. Do, okay. We could totally go out with like a mariachi inspired like flair get up. <laughs> so, okay. So we'll do that one. And then for Daniel, um, oh gosh. I feel like you're a Lizzo's about damn time kind of vibe. Oh, so, he does love Lizzo. Yeah, like, that's I good. Like, you know, like, I love Lizzo. That. Everybody should know the lyrics to that. So you should be good to go. <laughs> 
<laughs> and last, yeah. And last question: What is one uh, thing someone could tell you that would just set you off? Like you're suddenly the Hulk, you're She-Hulk. Like you just saw red, and now you're. <laughs> um. Okay. This is this is a true story. And that was a couple of years ago. This is like probably 2014. I remember my sister and I got in a huge argument because I don't know where it stemmed from, but as just like a comeback remark, she 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 called me a Republican, and then I got pissed off, <laughs> and I was just like, "What?" And uh, yeah, that exploded into a big old like screaming screaming fight. <laughs> Even though we yeah. both know that, yeah, it yeah. Was, <laughs> clearly that's impossible. But just the fact that she called me when I was just like, you bitch. slow. <laughs> yeah. All right, Daniel, All you. Right. Okay, so if me and my friends were drag performers, which one would get the worst tips? Um. Okay, I'm going to choose... I'll just choose you and Little John. Just kidding. <laughs> As my friend, uh, Little John. No. Um, I think, okay, if I'm going to choose my closest friend, I'll probably choose maybe you and Mateo. And I okay. think we'd get the worst tips. Um, you know, I might have to say you, Javi, because I know you're kind of shy. Like, you're not. You're, <laughs> That's, I you're was going like, to say. Just, you're like not, you know, you're kind of the, like, I don't see you, like, giving it your all out there, you know? <laughs> But you know, I, mean, I know. I mean, I don't hate that because that's true. Like me, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of like I know that, yeah, the shot, yeah. Um, okay, I'm not hating that. <laughs> and what songs would we pick for each other to perform? I think for me, um, I mean, I would think like Moment for Life, Nicki Minaj, oh. um, Drake. I mean, those are like two of my favorite artists. Lil Wayne, Drake, Nicki. Yeah. Um, and for you, Javi, I think I would choose. Um, let me think. I think for you would be the 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 Grease song, the you Better Shape Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That one. But that's two people. So is Teo singing the other part? I just think that's you were singing Grease over the weekend. So that's what came to my mind. Oh, I was? You're over there hand jiving around. Yeah. All right. And then what is one um, thing that, that would set you off? And I think for me, it's just anything that. Like at my parents, like I don't really care if people say stuff about me. You know, I have thick skin, but if it's like anything disrespecting my mom or my dad, that usually takes me to another level. Um, from experience, I know I had there was a situation once where someone disrespected my dad, and I had to handle it, and I almost tore the place apart. I was, you oh, know, yeah, throwing no. throwing things, and wasn't the best uh, best behavior, but. When it comes to my parents, it's just off limits, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. All right, if you and your friend were drag performers, which one would get the worst tip? So I'd pick Daniel, I'd pick Hillary, and I'd pick Lethia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw Lethia in the mix. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it would probably be Hillary. Yeah, I feel like I Daniel would do Daniel would do the the comedy uh, stuff really well. I think you'd get a lot of, of good money that way. Lethia's just got the personalities to be able to do it. <laughs> so I think she'd get good money. Um, personalities. And, and, Hillary, <laughs> and Hillary would, um, she would be, do great too. And people would love her. But I just feel like you, you out of the three of you, she would make least tips. Um, probably. And then, uh, and then, who would I? What song would I give? Uh, yeah, Daniel, for you'd be like a Nicki Minaj because I know you're a big Barb fan. Um, and <laughs> and uh, for Hillary, it would be Mr. Brightside, I think, from The Killers. Is that even a good song to perform to? I don't know. Does anyone even um, listen to The Killers? <laughs> I do. <laughs> the club, the, listen, the club goes crazy. It's it's like one p.m. All the straights are in the club because they're you know they hit up all the other places first, end up at the balcony club. You put on Killers, Ooh, right? <laughs> and that, <laughs> is that like a Boise thing? Yeah, I don't. We don't like yeah, I was just like, we don't listen to the Killers up here. <laughs> oh, and I guess the question was for each other. So Malia, I I would pick like a good Selena song. Like I love Selena songs. I feel like do well in that maybe bitty bitty bum bum i don't know would you vibe know. to that more of the photo city Cuervos kind of girl. oh okay good <laughs> <That's it. laughs> all right and then what is one thing that can set you off y'all i don't know if this is just because i have a complex about it growing up i always had this like i need to be as smart as my like white friends and i've talked about it in the episodes past where i just have this complex complex right so one of my friends made a joke about me being
being dumb. And I don't know, for whatever reason, that mm. set me off. Like, I felt angry. That one does, yeah. <laughs> it's like, questioning my intelligence, that's when I know I'm not a dumb person. <laughs> See, and that's the thing, yeah. though. I know I'm not dumb, so I don't know why that got to me. Um, maybe because it was a close friend and you don't expect people. You know what I mean? Kind of one of those things. Mm. Like, if it wasn't your sister and someone called you Republican, would you have just laughed it off and be like, nah, you're dumb. You know, or it said something like. <laughs> True, yeah. But when it's like a close family member or friend, like they can hit nerves that other people can't get to. And so maybe that's why. But that was definitely a thing. Um, anyways, I want to thank you, uh, Malia, Gemini, for being here on the show, for getting vulnerable, vulnerable with us um, and for sharing a little bit of insight into the drag community, but also uh, you as a person, because I know it takes a lot to get on this platform and share. I don't know if you know, but we are uh, downloaded in many countries. Daniel, how many now? <laughs> <laughs> the last I checked, it was like 87 or 88. Yeah. Oh, wow. And and we're pushing uh, 12,000 downloads. I don't know. No, like, we're, we're over we're over 12,000. I think we're close to 13 now. Yeah, so it's... Wow. We're just yeah, a little... We're, yeah, we're, you know, internationally oh. known <laughs> on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, I, I, you know, we haven't found a way to monetize it yet. We do have some good collaborations coming soon, but we hope that, you know, if you're listening and you want brown sound to do the happy hour episode at your establishment reach out <laughs> oh, to us we're more yeah. than happy to collaborate efforts but uh no thanks again it really means a lot to us that you take your time to be here with us and mm-hmm. and share you're always welcome to come back um and so I, I just wanted to say that and do you all have any words before we wrap up i just want to say thank you so much for you know offering you know a little part of your platform letting inviting me to to talk about my stuff i really appreciate it um to prepare i even went through and i listened to my mom episode and then I listened to anybody who I remember from U of I so like Victor Estefania oh, yeah. yeah I was just I was like they don't remember <laughs> me but I remember all of them <laughs> so I went through and I was like so no i actually i was i was telling my mom i was like do you listen to the i do you listen to their podcast not just your episode and so yeah. she's like no i do sometimes i was like oh, okay but no i was going through and it's funny because because i feel like we at least have had we've ran the same circles so when you guys are talking about stuff i know who you guys are talking about especially when it's uh, my camp stuff yeah. and i'm like oh i remember that bitch or oh i remember you <laughs> and so like i'm like oh yeah I get, i'm getting off the key this is yeah. some good stuff no but so, I, what you guys are doing is really cool so yeah thank you and really quick i want to tell you i talked to my siblings about the show and who we're going to have on and so i talked to my brother eduardo um that we were going to have you on the show and he remembered you from u of i too because i think you were in the same camp class or you were in yeah the we same... were yeah me yeah so you there. know my brother eduardo yeah. yeah okay yeah he was like well, oh cool yeah, i remember I him as, the, as we called him a no. yeah <laughs> no, yeah i remember yeah and then I was also nervous. I was like, I hope they don't ask anything about you or I, because I don't remember that part of my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, no. But no, I yeah. felt very, very at home and stuff, like I said, because of everyone that you've interviewed. And so I, I, I really enjoyed my time. So. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you and appreciate you for, you know, just educating us and educating our listeners and for your time. Definitely, you know, appreciate it. I, this is one thing I always enjoy about the podcast is just getting to hear and learn from so many people that are, you know, from our community. Are I mean, I feel like too, like in Moscow, the like the brown community is really small. So a lot of times yeah. we do know a lot of each other. And so definitely, you know, always welcome back to come to the Brown Sound. We'll hit you up for those free tickets in the fall. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, you and, know, and is it and is it like front row or is it yeah. look at me trying to get <laughs> wherever you want well we have <laughs> just kidding i wouldn't kind of we haven't recorded yeah. though. You said it. <laughs> i'm like natives we love anything that's free so i'm yeah. like i'll take a yeah. free ticket i'll take a free meal free whatever yeah. Yeah. um so thanks again um and let's wrap up the episode with our end of the episode spiel um Daniel, do you want to... Oh, I like, almost forgot what it was. Um, if you haven't yet, please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen to us at, either Apple or Spotify or wherever. If you haven't followed us yet on Instagram, uh, Javi is, you know, he is a social media influencer on our Brownstown Podcast Insta page. So follow us at just the Brownstown Podcast. Other than that, um, I don't have anything else. Uh, thank you again for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, yes. thank you for having me. Yep. 
and as always, we will continue to uh, promote and uplift people from our community um, to spotlight the different shades of our experience. Um, and we hope that season five will be bigger, uh, better, and stronger than the past seasons. We thank you all for your support because without you, we wouldn't be here where we are today. If you want to engage with us, uh, social media is the best way to do it. Um, we do have a link tree. And if you haven't yet, uh, please go check it out because you can connect uh, to our uh, platform, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. There is a there is a link there for anyone who would like to be a guest for our show to go and complete mm-hmm. and be considered as, an, as a guest for an upcoming episode. And if you really love what we're doing and you want to share the love, we do have a Patreon um, account that you can go in where you can support Brown Sound efforts. And if that's not something you're looking to do, you can always buy us a coffee uh, through our <laughs> buy us a coffee link. So we, we love that. So as always, uh, stay cool. It's really hot out there. Um, go and visit Malia at any of her uh, productions and make sure that you uh, engage. And as you know now, Malia will be a friendly face uh, if you've never been that you can go and connect with um, while you're there. And so the Brown Sound will definitely be at the Dia de los Muertos, if not more of the productions. We will see you all next time. Adios. See you later. Cut yo. And muchas gracias. For listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We had a blast with y'all today, and make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. For partnership opportunities or just want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us a DM on Instagram. Disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and hosts only. 